This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. April's almost first month of the second quarter, and we're pretty much deep into earnings season. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And it should be obvious that the market dynamics are way different in the last couple of years than they were before for about 10, 15 years in a row. We had a pretty strong market. You know, we had COVID to deal with, but even before COVID and subsequent to COVID, you know, the market was pretty decent. It's only when the Fed started raising rates that the market started not feeling good about things. And they're still not done. So don't think we're finished yet. We, you know, we had a bad market today, kind of showing us that market's not that healthy. I don't think it's going to be healthy until the end of the year, my personal belief is, and I've mentioned that several times. I'm Steve Peace, and I'm here today to, on the radio and podcast to help you with your strategies, to help you pick stocks, even though picking stocks is not nearly as important as managing a portfolio of stocks. That's more important because you can be wrong on any individual stock. You can always buy good, solid companies with not overvalued and you know have growth or earnings and growth. And so you can always pick those companies, but that doesn't mean the stock will rise. Does not mean that because that could be subject to a deeper background, like the whole sector is not doing well or the economy is not doing well. But you know, so picking individual stocks is not not nearly as important as developing a good, solid portfolio over time. And that's what I'm hoping to help you with. And I'm always careful to give you unbiased, straight answers from whatever you ask. As long as it's financial, I'd be happy to answer the question. And I certainly don't have any hidden agenda that I'm trying to apply. I, no, I'm, you know, I'm not getting paid by anybody to do this show. I'm really not to do the podcast um, um, you know, I don't have like, you know, Vanguard or some other big money house pushing me to sell certain assets. No, I mean, to buy certain assets through their offices. I don't have any of that. So it's always unbiased here. We don't answer to anybody. And of course, the investing situation today is pretty tough, pretty difficult. We've had a pretty difficult year and a quarter. And I think we're still going to have a more difficult quarter this year and next, next, this quarter and next quarter. I really think they're going to be difficult. Doesn't mean you avoid the market. That's not the necessary thing to do because you can't time the market. That's virtually impossible. Too many people have done it, tried to do it over too long a period of time to not come to the conclusion that it's impossible to time the market. People have been trying to do it. They've been trying to make, you know, these kinds of moves for decades and are unsuccessful. I'm talking about really smart people. You know, the people with, you know, huge computers backing them up and staves of statisticians, statisticians, and that still can't do it. So, so we, you got to just do it yourself. My, I, I think that's the best way to do it. 
be very diligent in what you do. If you can, if you have the time, you can do just as well as most experts. So don't worry about that. Okay, so in other words, I'm, I'm here to help you shape your thinking, to help develop your skills, to help you understand how things work, and you know, use that knowledge to try to make you a better investor. That's what we're trying to do here. The number, the phone number to call to ask any financial questions you would like, it's 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, and today our main talking point or... Uh, focus point is where should you invest and uh, where should investors stash their safe money today? And we've talked about that over the last few weeks. Where do I invest money I don't want to expose the market or I want to expose the market later on? Well, this article refers to three types of cash and we'll go over that fairly quickly to, to, to see what this guy is talking about. Okay, so that's what we're going to discuss today. I also have other things I want to talk about. Uh, after hours, Microsoft and Google beat their earnings ex, uh, uh, estimates. Hmm, pretty decent, pretty good. Tech stocks are doing okay as far as beating their numbers. Well, we're not having a tech rally, are we? And also, U.S. consumers consumer confidence hits a nine-year low. Nine-year low. Why is that important? I'm not big on the consumer confidence numbers because sometimes they're really off because they they take the survey just as something political happens or international happens that's on in the news that make people depressed. And you really don't get a sense, well, how much are they really going to spend? Remember, we're con- our economy is consumer-driven. But consumer confidence is something you need to pay attention to, but I wouldn't necessarily invest based on what that what that means. But I want to talk about it a little bit today. And Morgan Stanley is expecting that commercial real estate fall. Now, I've been talking about this for the last couple, three, four weeks, too. Um, UBS, Morgan Stanley, uh, you, know, you name it, uh, 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 JP Morgan, all of them are pretty concerned about commercial real estate. So we'll talk about that briefly again today. And time permitting, we had some uh, internet questions that came in. We, you know, um, so we'll be getting to that before the end of the show. And of course, we have our trivia questions. Uh, the voice bank question we have here: Venac Vietnam ETF and Zim Integrated Shipping Services Limited. We'll we'll try to get to those two. And of course, that trivia question at the halfway mark. We'll do that. So all this is pretty planned, everybody. So. What happened today in the market? Down day, pretty big down day. The Dow was down 345, the Nasdaq down 238, and the SP down 65. The market does not look all that healthy. Okay, it hasn't really, and I can't say that the market has done really, really poorly this year. It has not. Uh, It just hasn't done very well. And I I think it's down for, for the year. It is down for the year, but not a lot. Um, but what do we do now? What are we supposed to do? We're going to talk about all that. Any of your questions you want to ask about it, we'll talk about it. So we're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your question on invest on the Invest Talk Voice Bank, or 
If you're listening via live streaming right now, 888-99 chart is the number you can call right this minute. 888-992-4278. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99CHART. Justin Klein and Steve Beasley are ready to take on your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the waste industry. Uh, waste and recycling and uh, what you think about uh, some of the top industry leaders and their market caps in regards to uh, being a long-term hold. They seem to be a very sure bet in regards to being recession-proof in uh, some sort of nature. So I want to hear your thoughts and hear about uh, the consolidation in the industry and how that affects the stock price. It's appreciation. Thanks. Okay, the waste industry. Um, what I do like that it's non-cyclical. We always will have waste and over the years, that you know, the big guys and one of the biggest guys, and I'm not recommending this company. Waste management is probably one of the biggest. Uh, provides waste collection, disposal, recycling services in the United States and Canada. They're a $68 billion company. And if you look at it, they've done pretty well, held up pretty well, even during this last year and a half, year and a quarter, when the market hasn't done very well. So... In that sense, it's pretty good, and the earnings keep going up. I I dislike this industry because it will always be growing slowly, in my opinion. Um, and therefore, this company, if you take a look at it, it will grow slowly. But you're going to have to pay up for these companies because they're non-cyclical. They're very steady. If you're talking about the biggest guys now, um, and, and you're going to have to buy on a dip. If it gives you a dip, you buy it. And this company's dipped to about 140 a couple of times in the last year. 140 today is 165. So you got to kind of want to wait for a dip, uh, and then you buy them. It doesn't pay a huge dividend. That's one of the things I don't like about them. Uh, it pays a 1.7 percent dividend, and it has a lot of debt. I don't like that. I don't like that either. So there's things I don't like about them. But as far as how solid the whole industry is, it's pretty. Pretty solid, pretty stable, um, and the only thing on my complaint is, is I think they should be paying more of a dividend. That's my biggest complaint. My focus point looks into the story behind the question, where should investors stash their safe money today? 
Investment cash is one category. There are others you should cont- contemplate. So we're we're talking about an article uh, uh, that I I we have printed up here. It's on our website for today's you know focus point. Where should investors stash their safe money today? And the person that is being interviewed here uh, suggests there's three types of cash he looks at. Fictional, uh, frictional cash, he calls it, uh, investment c- cash, and reserve cash. Frictional cash, uh, he says, typically sits in an investment account because just needs some small level of cash for whatever needs we might have. Okay, it's, it's not, you know, you may need it to, to live on, maybe retire, and that's the cash you would withdraw to live on, pay your bills with. That's frictional cash. The second category, investment cash, is money you have set aside to invest at the proper time and opportunity when you see an opportunity in the marketplace. And that's what that cash is all about. Right now, I think you should have a, a pretty good chunk sitting on the sidelines and invest and being invested. I have invested slowly my investment cash in this downturn we've been experiencing. Um, and, you know, uh, there are some good bargains out there that I just can't pass up. The third type of reserve cash is money that you build up for savings, for money for short-term, intermediate-term goals or emergency money. That's that's a third type, reserve cash. Well, it says you, you have your reserve cash in case you ever get fired, and then you have to use that money to live on. And or car breaks down, you got to pay for it. And or you got you're planning for a vacation next year, and you're saving up for it. Three types of cash: one that you need, the from again, frictional is money that you need that you live on, maybe uh, cash that is investment cash that you're going to invest in the markets at some point, and then reserve cash that you have set aside for specific needs, you know, vacation uh, or, or wants, vacation. Uh, uh, unknown costs that you didn't expect. You know, those are the kinds of cash that you have. Now, where do you invest this money? Well, the first kind of money, you just, you know, it's, you get money market rates. You really don't do anything with it. Second kind of money, you can invest in short-term treasuries and make, you know, some money on your money, 3 4%. You know, a third money is maybe longer term because it's really, you know, a year or more or you're never going to touch it. But you want to make some money on that money. But it is invested in cash, very, very conservative cash investments, like a one-year CD or one two-year uh, laddered three-year, one, two, three-year laddered uh, treasuries, that kind of thing. So that's what we – those are the three types of cash that this guy likes to talk about. Okay? Let's go to Sam in San Francisco. I want to – Oh, Sam, I'm sorry. We, I'm being pushed to take a break. You know how these uh, engineers are. So hang on. We'll be right back. This is the Best Talk, 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 
888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, Sam from San Francisco called, and he wants to talk about Google. So what about Google? What do you want to talk about, Sam? Uh, thanks, Steve, for taking my call. My question is, uh, they just announced their uh, earnings this afternoon, uh-huh. and they're trading at about $106 in that range. Uh, yes. Do you think this is a good entry point? Actually, I do. Uh, their high mark is like 150 or so in that area. Uh, they're coming off a bottom, which was like uh, high 80s, low 90s, and they're at 104, and they're up a little bit after hours because their earnings were good to 106. I think that's a pretty good entry point. Do I think it's going to go right back up to 140, 150 points right away? No, but I think it's a good value. Earnings were better than expected. They reported after hours. And, at, you know, you're never going to get a low PE. The lowest range of their PE is 17, okay? You're not going to get a PE of 10 or something on Google now because they're still growing. Even though they're growing slower, they're still growing. Their earnings are better than expected. They don't pay a dividend, so you're hoping for a, um, a capital appreciation, which I think you will get. And, you know, I have no problem buying Google in this area. You have to hold it long term. So Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, one follow-up question on that, because there's a lot of talk of AI and how they are sort of losing uh, ground on that uh, mm-hmm. to Microsoft, you know, right. with the chat GPT and all that. Do you have a view on that? Well, uh, I like Microsoft, too. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, don't both, I don't both of them. Because, yeah, they're, they're heavy competition, Microsoft and, and Google. I, I just... I like Google because they have the they're their king of advertising, right? Advertising dollars, making money through their advertising dollars. Whereas Microsoft, you know, they're they're uh, they're what's it called? A, a cure, what's that, What's that software that the their um, uh, database uh, a software on uh, cloud? Anyway, that division went up, uh, grew twenty seven percent of Microsoft. So, and Google's cloud-based effort turned a profit for the first time in this most recent quarter. So, I like both of them. I I can't choose between one or the other. So, in my 401k, I own both these stocks. Okay? Microsoft and Google. Sam, thanks for the call. Let's go to Sid in North Carolina. Hi, Sid. How are you doing? Hi, Steve. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. And just Thank to you. complete your previous discussions, it's called Azure, Microsoft Azure. Thank you. Is the cloud software, yeah. But you know, and when you get I have old... To remem- I have to remember because I have certified in Microsoft Azure as a technology. So yep, Azure, that's what I, I, that's the exact thing. I, you know, when you get old... Your brain is gets soft. I'm trying to remember, and I know that I know I know the name, but I couldn't just spit it out. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh no worries. Thank you for taking my call and really enjoyed this show and conversation. And I know it's an earning day, so just a follow-up question on the earning side with the UPS. Uh-huh. I think they had a bad day. Yep. Looks like the number-wise and PE and uh, return on equity. And I was just looking at the very basic parameters that you guys taught me over mm-hmm. the years. And I just scan the numbers and things like uh, good entry point. Wanted to check uh, your point of view on that. Do you think it's a good bargain? Okay, UPS, everybody. Symbol is UPS, United Parcel Service. I do like the company delivers because they're the biggest one. They're there, and and then of course Federal FedEx, Federal Express, or FedEx, uh, uh, and of course now with uh, Amazon. 
making their own deliveries. They're going to be huge too. Uh, market cap of this one is 151 billion. Um, I don't think you know they had a bad day. They fell pretty hard today, down to 176, and that was close to what nine, ten percent. You know, pretty bad day. And I don't think they're. I don't think you buy at this point. I don't. I think you wait. I. It's it's kind of cyclical. So is FedEx. Um, and I think the economy is going to slow down. So I think they're going to come down. I think they'll come down to a better entry point. But I do like the fact that you're looking at a good, solid company. Pays a 3.7% dividend. That's not in jeopardy. They will always pay that dividend. They have a great return on equity. They have a huge cash flow, $16.90 a share. They don't have that much debt. So I, I like the mutual funds are not buying or not selling either. They're just holding on. I like where they are uh, um, uh, as far as a company. They're very solid. So you buy this on the dip. I think it'll get into the 150 area. It's 176 now. I think it'll get into the high 150s. And if it holds that for a week or two or three, that's where I'd like to pick it up. If it fell down to 120, it'd be a screaming buy if it fell down. I don't think it's going there. But I don't think I'd buy it here. It's kind of in the middle of where I think it will trade, you know, the range. Two, 230 is the top. 150 high, high 150s is the bottom, in my opinion. And I would rather see you buy it in the bottom. It's right in the middle right now. Thanks for the call, Sid. I really appreciate it. That was UPS, everybody. Okay. It's Trivia Tuesday, everybody. So let's get to it. No matter how much our government wants to us to transition to electric vehicles, it's going to take some time. The two biggest factors that are slowing the change are extra costs, because they're expensive, and the availability, availability of battery charging stations. But before EVs and still and still but before EVs and still today gas-powered vehicles were a very big thing, as we go to break, here's my multi-part trivia question. To get around in any vehicle, EV or gas power, we need roads and highways. So when did the U.S. start building our interstate highway system? I'll give you the answer after the break. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, 
InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E. Dot com, HackerOne.com Now each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question, as I usually do on Tuesday. Okay, to get around any vehicle, whether it's EV or gas-powered, you need roads and highways, right? So when did the U.S. start building their interstate highway system? I think it was in the 1950s. And what are the four states not served by an interstate highway? I couldn't I could guess two, but I couldn't guess four. So, but before I give you the answer, let me provide a little bit of background. In 2022, one out of every seven passenger cars brought, bought globally was an electric vehicle. That's according to a recent report by the International Energy Agency. However, EVs accounted for only about 5.8% of all new cars sold in the U.S. in 2022. So gasoline cars are still very popular. In fact, Tesla lost ground last year with a market share that dropped from 72% in 2021 to 65% in 2022. And I have a feeling that's just going to continue. Just going to continue. That doesn't mean they're not going to sell a lot of cars. They are. But I'm just saying their market share is going to go down because of competition. Okay, now the big highways we need to, that we use and talk about. On June 29, 1956, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, I did get it right, signed legislation funding the construction of the U.S. interstate highway system, something uh, American had dreamed about since Detroit, 
started building cars. Before the interstate system became a reality in the 1950s under President Eisenhower, the Lincoln Highway, which ran from New York City to San Francisco, was the most famous overland cross-country route in the United States. But all but four state capitals are directly served by interstate system. Those not directly served are Juneau, Alaska, Delaware, I should have guessed. It's a tiny little continental state. Jefferson City, Missouri. I would have never guessed that. And South Dakota. Hmm. Maybe I answered, asked that question incorrectly. What state capitals? Anyway, here's a bonus question. Why is there no Interstate 60 or 65? There is no I-50 or I-60 because routes with those numbers would likely pass through states that currently have U.S. highways with the same numbers, which is generally disallowed under the Highway Administration guidelines. And by the way, I-80 takes the crown at the best interstate travel route through the middle of the USA, passing 11 states and 2,902 miles. Okay? So... I think electric vehicles are the future. I don't have a no doubt whatsoever, and I think it's great. I just think that you don't, you know, the government doesn't have to give them tax breaks or push it anymore, because I think that momentum is already there. Uh, people want electric cars now, and electric cars are nice looking. The only thing that's holding them back now, I think, is the distance traveled per charge and how long it charges. And of course, they're working on that pretty diligently. Most people want to be able to charge at night at their home, drive the electric vehicle all day long or however long they need to commute to work or whatever, and then plug it back in at night, charge it again. I think that's what most people, if they can get to that level, that's when they want a car, uh, electric car. That's my opinion. Okay. Google and Microsoft reported after hours their earnings for the first quarter, and they did beat expectations. This was after hours, so the market doesn't didn't reflect these good numbers. So I have a feeling the market will open up higher in the morning. I just don't know if it will hold it, okay? And, I, again, uh, it was Microsoft Azure uh, 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 database, their, uh, you know, you know, internet database in the clouds that grew so fast, 27%. And even Google's cloud-based uh, business made money for the first time ever in the first quarter of this year. So those that's where the growth is, okay? That's where the growth is, and it's going to continue to be there. U.S. consumer confidence hits the lowest level in nine years, everybody, Nine years. It's 101.3 from 104. Okay, why did it deteriorate? Expectations for consumers under 55 years old tanked. Expectations. And households making less than 50000 a year, their expectations fell sharply. So you put those two together and you have a pretty... So that, that means people are not, you know, not... Confident. Remember, we're driven by the consumer. Now, one of the problems I had, I have, and I mentioned this many times, is that the consumer U.S. Consumer Confidence Report doesn't necessarily reflect exactly what they're spending. They could spend more or less, but even though they're not confident, or they're very confident. That that's I, the the report is interesting to note. I don't think you should invest based on what it says, though. I don't. I would not. 
Let's go to uh, James in New York. Hi, James. How are you doing? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Good. Um, I'd like to know about IP, international paper. you think now with the pullback today might be a good time to pick it up, or should I wait for a further pullback? What would be a good entry? Okay, good question. International paper, manufacturing renewable fiber-based packaging, pulp product, products and packaging products, and container board. So it is very sensitive to the economy. Okay, it has fallen sharply from oh, high 50 now to $34.69, it got as low as almost to $30, $31. And then it started to improve. It's starting to fall off a little again. Went up to 40 now it's back down to 34 Had a bad day today. I think it weighed a little bit on this, but, man, it pays a 5.3% dividend, uh, James, and that's not in danger. That's a healthy dividend. And their cash flow is $4.92 a share. You know, they're going to get earnings $2.76 a share. Trend equity is very healthy at 13%. It's a big company, $12 billion. It's got a lot of positives. The only negative is, are we or are we not going into a recession? If we are, this stock is going lower. If we're not, it's this is a great buying point. Personally, I think you wait a few more weeks and see if it holds. If it holds the $30 level... That tells me that's as low as it's probably going to go. I'd like to see, wait a few weeks to see if it does, because it's kind of on a downtrend right now. And I'd like to wait till that downtrend kind of reverses itself. I do think it'll hold around the $30 level, and I do think it's wise to have it in your portfolio because of the dividend. But don't expect it to be a huge winner for you. It's never going to be a huge winner. It doesn't have the growth prospects. But, man, if you can get 6% dividend, if the price comes down far enough, you'll, the dividend is very safe. Okay? 6% on your money just to hold on to something? I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. That was IP, the symbol international paper. IP. And, again, it's a $12 billion company. It's big. Well, Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while now that we are in a new market, in a new market environment. Cycles are natural. We're in different cycles. We, you got to learn your cycles just so you know where you are. We're currently in a down stock market cycle. We really haven't been hurt too much in the economic cycle yet, but the stock market always moves before the economy. So before the and obviously, the stock market failed last year, and the economy was pretty healthy. Okay? No matter how you look at it, it was pretty healthy. This year, the economy still looks pretty decent. There's been, there, you see some cracks. I'm not trying to belittle those cracks in the economy. But the stock market has already moved down sharply last year and not doing so good this year. But I do, and I, you know I'm thinking the market is going to bottom this year. It's going to, if it hasn't already. I mean, no one really knows. I don't. I have actually. I do have a crystal ball, but it's always cloudy. It never tells me what's going to happen. It doesn't tell. Give me the future. I have to do, try to, to divine that myself. So, if you can't do the divine the future as well, and you need help, that's what we are here for. KPP Financial is here to help you. We are a money management firm. We manage individual accounts. We love to help you with yours. But if you just want some advice, or you just want us to take a look at your portfolio, we'll be happy to do that for free. Many money managers, almost all of them, will do that for free. We will do it for free. 
the difference between us and them, KPP Financial and them, is we're not going to try to talk you into anything. We're not going to try to sell you mutual funds or, you know, some kind of product out there, some kind of insurance product. We don't do that. We're not going to do that. Okay? We want to provide you with unguised buy-in guidance. And we do, we, you know, K, KPP Financial is a little bit different because we practice what we call parallel investing, meaning we buy the same thing for ourselves we do for our clients and the five or so programs we have. And we have programs that are very risky to not very risky. And everything in between. Some programs just uh, make earnings, just to drive uh, earnings, cash into your pocket. Some are growth, you know, and some are a combination of both. So it's up to you. We are in Irvine, California. That's between San Diego and L.A. counties. And I think after speaking with us for just a few minutes, you'll find out that we're pretty different. We want to help you. We can help you. We want to help you. And if you'll let us help you, you just got to send us your portfolio and we can get started. Or just... Email us with your questions. We'll, or you can call our show. We'll answer the questions on the show as well. Any way we can help you, we'll do it. Okay? Next up, I will tackle more of your questions at 888-99-CHARGE. Just hang on. The prosperous future you envision for yourself and your family will not happen without strategic planning and definitive action. Let's go to Brian in San Mateo looking at Roku. And I wanted your take on the, uh, the technical picture. For the unprepared investor, market volatility around the world demonstrates risk. But opportunities wait for no one. And now may be the best time in years to invest wisely, to invest strategically. What I would do is keep saving and look for other opportunities. But how can you decide what sectors to avoid, which stocks to buy, and what might be the best price point? I'm new to investing, and my friend Wesley recommended your podcast a year ago. And how should you deal with your risk tolerance? Invest Talk. To prevail, serious investors need a balanced combination of realistic market education and unbiased guidance. KPP Financial Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein host a unique weekday finance and investment program and podcast, Invest Talk. Hello, Justin and Steve. This is Joel calling in from Maine. I love the show. I'll be listening for your answer. Is your asset portfolio properly balanced? How can you better manage your 401k? How will economic events affect the real estate market? So many questions. The straightforward answers can help you focus on your drive for success. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. The next decisive step on your path to financial freedom begins with a Spotify search for InvestTalk. Listen live or download the free podcast. And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. Hi, I've got a question for Steve. I was curious about uh, security symbols Z as in Zebra, I India, and M Mary. Uh, just like to know what your thoughts are. I was hoping to buy some probably Monday or Tuesday. Thank you. Okay, this is Zim Integrated Shipping. It's a Israeli, an Israeli company, Israeli-based asset uh, asset-like container liner shipping company provide a car provides cargo solutions for all industries. It's a two billion dollar company, so it's not that big. 
One thing I don't like about them, they lose money. They're they're going to they're going to lose a dollar twelve per share this year. Now they made thirty eight dollars a share last year. Very odd. Next year they're going to lose five dollars and thirty three cents a share. I, I don't some see, and it's a fairly new company. It's only been out since uh, what uh, early two thousand twenty one, and it started off at like around twelve thirteen dollars a share. Went all the way up to eighty, and here it is down to seventeen fifty seven. This is something um, I'm not a very keen on. They say they have a dividend yield of 96.5%. Uh, don't buy into that, please. There's something odd about this whole thing. Turn equity is 88%. <sighs> I, this would not be for me. I, I'd have to take a, uh, a look into it. Sales growth is actually falling now. Uh, there's too many unknowns and too many weird things. It's in the transportation shipping industry, and that is always a very cyclical, very erratic industry, in my opinion. So I stay away from that. Okay? Let's go ahead and grab another quick question. 888-99 chart is the number. Hi, Stephen Justin. What do you think of Cincinnati Financial Corporation? C for China, I for India, N for Norway, F for France. Do you think it's a good long-term hold? Thank you. Bye. This is a $16 billion financial company, insurance property casualty, offers commercial and personal lines of insurance, commercial casualty, and commercial property insurance. It's been around a long time. It makes money. It's very consistently making money. Going to make four sixty-seven this year per share. That's the estimate. Five ninety-six next year. Pays a two point nine percent dividend. The, the the thing I don't like about it is is it it the PE is too high, sales have been going down the last four quarters, uh, they don't have much debt which is great management is three percent that's pretty darn good, but I'm not keen on this one because of the sales for the last year have been going down and I think that's that shouldn't happen. I can understand the last quarter but not the whole year. This is Investor. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, everybody. That's to help you achieve financial freedom. We've been using that term forever, financial freedom. That means you can quit work or do what you want to do in retirement, even if it is work. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hello, this is Selena from Minnesota. I was calling in to ask about VNM, Victor Nancy Michael. It's the Vietnamese ETF. I own half a position and I was looking on adding to it and I was just curious your thoughts on the economic potential of Vietnam and what you thought about the holdings in the ETF. It looks pretty well diversified to me and I was looking to add and wondering if you had a good entry point or if you even like the ETF. I'll be listening on the podcast and thank you very much. I listen every day. 
Well, I appreciate it. Um, I'm not keen on Vietnam. I'm not keen on uh, uh, third world country ETFs because I don't I don't know their economies well enough. I don't know their laws well enough. I don't know how how much protection they provide to the shareholders well enough. And Vietnam's one, but it is well diversified. I'll give you that. And it is at a good low price compared to what it has been trading at. It's been trading at, you know, 18 to 20, uh, oh, I would say maybe 16 to 20 for quite some time. And here it is at $11.67, which is near its low, which is around 11. So uh, I think what you're seeing is it's going to be bottoming here, but I don't trust it. I, you know, I don't trust it because I don't know it well enough. I don't know... The reason why I don't do third world investments these days is because, you know, it's too easy for these countries just to take the assets of independent companies. I just read today that uh, Russia's taken over assets of two uh, two uh, corporations that are outside their country. I think one in Sweden or Finland, I think, uh, 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 the assets they own in Russia because of their support for Ukraine, you know, stuff like that. I, you know, they're just going to take it over. I, I, that's, you know, I'm not saying Vietnam does that kind of stuff. I'm just saying I don't know the laws and rules and how do the rule law, the rule of law hold up well in these little kind of countries. Vietnam is a very small country. That's why I don't like it. Can you make money there? Sure. Sure, and it's, you know, uh, if it ever got up to eighteen twenty dollars I would sell that ETF. It's at eleven sixty seven now because I, I don't know if you'll ever get it to go much higher than that. Okay? Thanks for the call, though. I appreciate that. And thank you for listening every day. I really appreciate that. Morgan Stanley is expecting a commercial real estate fall worse than the 2008 financial crisis. Worse. Now, you know I've talked about it. I've told you there's $2.1 trillion in commercial real estate loans coming due in the next two years, and 80% of that $2.1 trillion is with small and medium-sized banks. So, therefore, I'm staying away from those banks. Not Big banks I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, but not the smaller ones. And you know I talked to you last week about uh, Mohammed Al-Arin, who you know used to be the co-CEO of uh, Pim, PIMCO. He's expecting, he has he has lots of concerns, and he's expressed those concerns. UBS, UBS says commercial real estate can absorb the shocks. Okay, when, he say, when they say it can absorb the shocks, that means you're expecting the shocks, and what kind, how bad is the shocks going to be, even though commercial real estate can absorb it? And Morgan Stanley sees pain in the office space. Man, when you're talking about all the big boys talking like this, uh, I I wouldn't buy commercial real estate, but I'm more concerned about the loans. The 2.1 trillion loans are going to be coming due in the next couple of years, and the refinancing of those loans, how difficult is that going to be? How much more cost is it going to be for the, the real estate property owners? Man, I just don't want to be in that space right now. It's just a space I don't, I'm too uncomfortable being in. Now, I'm not saying all commercial real estate. There's an area that I think looks attractive that I wouldn't mind buying something that I, if I found it, I want it, and that would be the medical properties REIT 
area. They've been beat up pretty bad along with everybody else. I don't know, kind of medical properties. They're not cyclical, kind of like that. As long as it's really inexpensive, I might be considered. You can talk me into it. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and or Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. And we have now surpassed 51.9 million downloads. We're close to 52 million here. We'll go, that'll probably reach that goal tonight. And I want to thank everybody for doing that, you know, for helping us. I really appreciate it. I hope you're getting, out, getting something out of the show. We really, really, really want you to get something out of the show. Remember to follow us on Invest Talk on social media, Invest Talk with two T's, okay? Invest Talk, no space. Independent thinking shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights.